Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Buxton. Check this out, the incredible analytics, marketing, things you can do with the mobile analytics at Buxton is, is just off the charts. You got to check it out. Their website is buxtonco.com. It's spelled just like it sounds. Well, let's get to our show. Today, we're going to talk about medical real estate, about healthcare real estate. You know, it's interesting to see what's going on in the office market, but what happened with the medical office market? How did it perform during COVID? How's it performing now? What are cap rates? We got rising interest rates. What's happened in the investment sales market cap rates? Well, we have an expert here. Please welcome my guest. It's Paul Zeman. He's president of Healthcare Real Estate Services. He's also a partner with Bull Realty. Paul, thanks for joining us, sir. Good morning. Well, Paul, first of all, uh, talk to us about the performance in the medical office world, because, you know, to some uh, outsiders I'm looking in that may be in other sectors, you kind of look at, well, you know, a lot of people went home, you know, uh, and worked from home. How do you do that medical? Uh, what happened with performance during COVID and how is it performing now? You know, th there was a fair amount of, of telemedicine and, mm -hmm. and uh, alternative ways to, to talk to patients uh, through the heart of COVID. Uh, but at the end of the day, people need to continue to see their doctors. And I want to say that good portfolios prior to COVID were seeing about 97% of rent collections. And through COVID, they saw 97% of <laughs> rent collections. Yeah. So we really didn't didn't miss a beat. Yeah. So occupancy levels uh, on healthcare real estate overall, when you look around the country, has just stayed pretty stable. It, it has. And really, uh, when I started selling medical office buildings 15 years ago, I was seeing national uh, vacancy rates in the 12 to 14% range. Mm -hmm. And we're in single digits now. We're between 8 and 9%. Yeah. And let's talk about the investment sales market because, you know, we've had some really good jumps in interest rates. Uh, uh, so how's that impacting uh, sales volume and cap rates? You know, uh, initially, um, when we saw the first rate increase in June and especially the second one we, when we saw in July, uh, it definitely caused some investors to, to put their finger on the pause button. But it seems like we're coming out of that right now. And a number of the investors that I'm talking to, you know, are in fact, you know, underwriting a little differently naturally because their cost of capital is a little bit higher, but they're really only adjusting their underwriting for cap rates as little as 25 basis points. So it, we've not seen a very significant change. Yet. Interesting. And uh, what are you seeing for uh, cap rates uh, for healthcare real estate properties around the country? So I, I really focus on on everything. $5 million and greater, uh, because when you take the under $5 million properties, you you really get a, a, a very wide array of cap rates. But looking at $5 million and greater on a national basis, uh, the last trailing 12 months has been right at a 6 cap, a 6.0. And in the second quarter of 2022, we were right at 59 Interesting. So it's not really impacted the results yet on cap rates. It's, I haven't seen it yet. No. Yeah. And um, and the investors are out there. They have yeah. the, the, the the capital to continue to invest. Yeah. And of course, that's kind of average rates for pretty high quality buildings, right? 
Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. I will mention that the dollar volume is a little behind where we were last year at this point, about 8 or 9% behind. I think so far through the second quarter, we traded about $3.9 billion of medical office buildings that are starting, again, greater than $5 million. We tend to track every year for about $10 billion, <clears throat> the fourth quarter always being the strongest. So I really don't see uh, much difference uh, from last year to this year. How is uh, investor demand uh, fluctuating? Are some folks, uh, are more people interested in medical than they were or less? I'm just curious because, you know, a lot of office buyers are, or some office buyers are on pause and some regular office buyers are kind of jumping in while it's good timing. But what do you see in medical? You know, medical office just continues to be the flight to safety. Um, there's always going to be the need. And um, we do see new investors um, trying to impact the sector and enter the sector um, from time to time, but a lot of them are just not familiar with healthcare. Uh, some of them are being quick study and being very good at that and being competitive in the market. Uh, but for the most part, um, it, it's really the the seasoned medical office buyer with you know years behind him that is that is really most impactful right now. When, when you talk about these investors that may be new to, to healthcare, real estate, that maybe are in other real estate types, what's the biggest change they, they see? What's the biggest difference? Well, like I mentioned, the, the understanding of healthcare. Yeah. Uh, they come in and I, I tell them, well, this building's got a certificate of need or it's under an LNR or, hey, look, there's a linear accelerator in here uh, that required this type of documentation. And they look at you kind of like you got three eyeballs. <laughs> so they, they don't really understand maybe the significance of that or why is the rent in the surgery center, you know, uh, $45 a square foot while the medical clinic is uh, 28 or 30. Um, the, there's, a, there's a lot more moving parts. I've always said it, medical office is just like office, but it's really complicated office. Lots <laughs> so. of complicated. Yeah, I can imagine that uh, you know, just uh, managing the properties would be uh, more intense. Um, it is. Yeah. It is. And sure. does that give you a, a cap rate uh, difference on a kind of a similar quality, institutional quality office building as it would a institutional quality medical office building? You see much difference in caps there because of that more difficult management and operation? Not, not typically, I think because medical tenants are, are are sticky tenants. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't see your primary care physician, even as a very base example, um, moving to a new office every five or seven or 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, they're pretty much in the same building, uh, most likely, as when you first met them. Yeah. So. Well, can you tell us about a typical deal that's uh, out there that's closed recently or it's on the market? You know, uh, I'm working on a few different deals right now, but the, the ones that have closed so far this year um, have been, you know, in that $10 million range and, uh, you know, off campus, some, some hospital sponsorship, uh, a pair of them that I did uh, this past quarter uh, that are really in that 6.4 to 6.6 .6, uh, cap rate kind of window. Uh, however, one of those buildings, the tenant hadn't moved in yet, even knowing they were five years deep into their lease. And then they finally began to build out their space and move in. Um, so there was a little apprehension uh, on a deal like that. And then one of the other buildings that I, I closed recently was uh, uh, down in Tampa, Florida. And the building was about 50 years old and it definitely showed its age, but still traded at a six, six cap. Wow. Um, 
end of the last year, I did a trade in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, a little over $74 million on a 105,000 square foot asset that wasn't finished yet. And some of the tenants hadn't moved in yet, but the, the doctors and the developers were anxious to sell by the end of the year. Uh, so to say that that was one of the more complicated deals I've ever worked on would be an understatement with lots of escrow agreements and lots of moving parts, but a, uh, a very motivated buyer and, uh, and a reasonable seller. Yeah, well, that's great. And you mentioned the stickiness of some of these medical tenants, and it you know, makes sense that uh, once your patients are used to coming to you in a certain location, you don't want to leave. So the question I think my, my listeners may have and that invest in, in real estate is how is the lease, length of the lease term impacted if you're in a, in a specialty like medical office where the tenants are pretty sticky. You know, obviously the investors, lenders, we all love 10 year, 15 year leases. Uh, but what if you have something that's two or three years and it's got a medical tenant? How much, I know it varies every building and tenant's different, but overall, are you seeing different, what kind of cap rate difference or buyer interest rate difference levels are you seeing? You know, it, a lot is going to depend on not just the lease term, but the structure of the lease and what do the annual escalations look like and uh, its proximity to campus, but just straight up in terms of how long tenants are willing to to commit to on, on a lease. I'm finding that a lot of the large private practices, whether it's OBGYN or orthopedics or cardiology, are comfortable with 10 years mm -hmm. all day. And in fact, they want control of the property for those 10 years and would like to have a couple of five-year renewal options. A lot of the health systems nowadays are really trying to, to commit to five-year leases and in some situations they'll ask for three. So I do see a wide variety of lease terms based on the tenant makeup. And how might the value change from a 10-year to a three-year? Well, a three-year is not a lot to work with. Uh, there has to be a, a good story or a good reason why that tenant is going to stay, uh, particularly a, a health system, whether they've got a, a certificate of need at that property or maybe they're getting reimbursement uh, based on a hospital outpatient procedure department or some underlying factors that would need to get a, an investor comfortable with them staying there long term. Yeah, well, it sounds like uh, understanding the healthcare industry is important when investing in medical office buildings. What does the future look like, Paul? What are what are you seeing? What are you seeing uh, in your crystal ball for the future? And what are your your clients that you're talking to every day that, that own and, and control these buildings? Think, thinking about the future of healthcare real estate. It, it's not going anywhere. I, I I really don't see even with all of the changes that we've seen in in healthcare in the Affordable Care Act and and medical reimbursement, um, I, I, don't, I don't see it slowing. I see the sector continuing to grow. It's a relatively small sector compared to office, for example. Like I said, we trade about $10 billion a year uh, in the United States, uh, which is not a lot um, compared to, you know, uh, some cities will trade $10 billion all by themselves, a single city mm -hmm. in a given year. So it's, it's a relatively small sector. But it is, call it recession-proof, recession-resistant. Um, it's uh, the flight to safety. I don't, I don't see anything changing. Yeah. And as far as healthcare practices, whether they're small, medium, or large, uh, or do you see some of these uh, 
operators, uh, some of these physician groups uh, acquiring their own properties and building them or doing sell leasebacks? Are you seeing any trends? I would say that probably the most common thing that I'm seeing now is large, powerful practices. And when I say large, powerful, I mean 30 or 50 or more physicians that are savvy on the development side with a skilled developer as their partner and put up a nice building and occupy half of the building, lease up the rest or occupy the whole thing, sell it, obviously commit to a long-term lease, take the proceeds and pour it back into their practice, hire more physicians, find more locations, continue to grow. And it's, 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 it's a very lucrative game for, yeah. those, uh, for those physicians and those physician partners that, that do that. Yeah, I, that, that is excellent and, and uh, sounds like a great idea for physicians and, and maybe also for just regular companies and businesses of any type right now to uh, acquire existing buildings and, and fill some holes and create some value. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Paul, thanks for joining us. Good information, you sir. You bet. All right. Thank you for joining us around the country. Please let us know what you think. We appreciate you sharing the show. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, be sure and subscribe. And also you can subscribe to our weekly email announcing the show topic at CREshow.com. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing, site selection, and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit buxtonco.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success. Expert-level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access One, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.